Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is... Now, let me, let me paint you a word picture here. You're at the carnival. You are, you are 12 going on 13. You're a, a young'un at the carnival by the seaside, and you're walking along the, wa- the boardwalk, and you just happen to stumble into a fortune-telling machine. A Zoltar speaks, if you will, and it tells you to make a wish. Now, what wish would you make? The panel is open. I want to be big. Oh, that's yeah, that's way better. <laughs> but, than But what not mine like was. not like the kid meant. Like you know, you want to be like Godzilla, there. like gigantic. Oh sure, yeah, that too, that too. I was making a penis joke, but actually, <laughs> I want to be a kaiju is much better. I was with you, Bran. I was with you. <laughs> to be fair, Godzilla does probably have a large wiener, so well, it would have she, done. So is Godzilla t- canon in canon? Like I according wish you to Roland seen my eyes. Oh, well, that's the American one. That's not the no. Like like I'm talking like. Like 1950s Japan Godzilla. I don't know. It's a it's a, an amphibious reptile. So who's to say? Maybe it's like the Jurassic Park dinosaurs, and it can change if it needs. But Marty, to. I feel like you had a non-size wished dream cooking <laughs> up over there. Yes, mine was to have um, giant heaving. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it would be. <laughs> so I was like I was like a kid who you know. As an adult now, I'm just like, oh, I would wish to not have any medical problems, and that would be it. But like as a 12 year old, I'd probably be like, oh, I want, I wish to have infinite wishes, which is what everyone's wish would be. Sure. But you know, what is that? What is that? Boring. Really get you? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, when I was 12, going on 13, I think I was at like two years into my, uh, uh life-altering obsession with Carol Burnett, so it would probably sure. be I want to ah. be Carol Burnett's best friend. Hmm. Um, which, to this you day, be is, that uh, mop. Is, is still my wish. And I say, that's an attainable goal for right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sure. within your grasp, potentially. I was kind of a needy 12-year-old, though, so I think she would have been a little, like, it would have been a bit much. <laughs> I don't think sure. you could be 12 without being needy, honestly. Like, that sort sure. of comes with the territory of being yeah. not They yet, are They um, are mutually exclusive. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. What a shame. Um, speaking of 12-year-olds making stupid wishes, today's episode is about the <laughs> 1988 film Big, directed by Penny Marshall, and its subsequent 1996 musical adaptation, Big, the musical, uh, with a book by John Weidman, music by David Shire, and lyrics by Richard Maltby Jr. As always, our wonderful producer and editor, Bran Moorhead, is here. Hello, Bran. Hello, everyone. I just did my first 10 out of 12 uh, in two plus years. Oof, so. a doofa. I bet that That's gets where I'm from. <laughs> Pretty good. It's wild. It's, uh, it's really nice to be in a theater and um, with a lot of cool artists from out of town, but also tech still long. Turns out, you could you could say, Brian, tech was pretty big. Tech was pretty big. <laughs> Unbelievable. Tech was pretty big. I, how many 
of those stupid jokes will I fit in today's episode? I this don't This particular know. show has a 14-foot-tall puppet in it, so very big, in fact. Ooh. You're, you're talking about the say... show you're working on. You're not talking about Big correct, the Musical. Correct. Not Big the Musical. <laughs> it should. It'd I didn't probably know Fruma Sarah was in Big. <laughs> yeah, totally. She could be. Um, if you haven't already noticed, uh, for this episode on Big, we have maybe our biggest episode yet. We have our first wow. duo guests. Oh, my God. Um, they've let me know that they'll be the first and the last, <laughs> is what I was told pre-record. Um, the wonderful sibling pair, uh, both performers, both very funny, uh, the Chicago-based Sophie Scanlon and the New York-based Marty Scanlon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much, Ben and Bran. I just sounded like a newscaster. <laughs> You could be. Too big for one city, this cup, this uh, couple of siblings here. Mm-hmm. Clearly. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Just spanning. I almost said spanning coasts, but we're not really a coast. We're in the. It's a, it's a basic. It's basically a coast, right? When, sort we're of... next to a lake. Sure. As the crow flies, you'd, co- you'd go over an inland sea. So we can say that. <laughs> we exactly. have the attitude of a coast. So it's true. Exactly. And um, we have the attitude the of, coast. of like, tw- like twins who. Right? Like, Sophie, would you say that we sort of have, like, a twin-esque... We're four years apart. Four years apart? Right. I think we have, like, a twin energy, um, but twins who are, like, in their, like, 60s, and no one kind of knows, like, what they're talking about anymore. (laughs) But also, it's funny, because you have other siblings as well. Like, it's not like it's only... Totally. And they they both make sense. These two... you, You got the duds. You got the... You you got the duds who will sometimes just speak in streams of nonsense. almost like like nonsense, but like it's it's mimetic and it's like yeah, things it's, that we have like crafted over time that I think it's very like meaning. sibling speak. Yeah, it has meaning to us, but not always to others. So so your listeners are going to have a great time for the next however time. long, <laughs> trying to decipher <laughs> our sibling speech. I, lo- I listen. I am I'm a fan of giving audiences a challenge in the arts they consume. So you're that. only adding to that, which is great. We like to think of this podcast as like uh, homework for people. So. <laughs> <you know. laughs> kind of content people are really looking now, for. Now, okay, so I, I have my own thoughts on on Big, uh, both the film and the stage show, and, and usually at the top of this episode, I like to pin a thesis of, like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? Sure. Um, and because I have a lot of thoughts on the film Big. I have a lot, and I, I surprisingly have a lot of thoughts on the musical Big. Literally, like, an hour or so ago, I texted Bran that I've been uh, big-pilled. Not red pills, big pills. <laughs> I've just been listening to this music for so much today that I'm like, is this is this the greatest musical? I've, it's not the greatest musical I've ever written, but I was like, does but this it's pretty. Is, it's pretty good though. It, it's does, pretty darn like, does good this though. Thing slap. I mean, it's it's a slapper. So I think my my thesis, if there is one, is that both of these products are just so inexplicable in both their success and their. And yes. their unsu- and their lack of success. Yes. I think Big the film is kind of remarkable in how successful, both critically and commercially, it was. And Big, it's a miracle. Yeah. So that the film, and then the but the musical, it feel it almost feels like it's ahead of its time. It feels like the kind of film to stage musical we would get today, which is bizarre because it came out in like the mid nineties. Yeah. 
that was the thing that blew me away the most when I like Googled this. Right? It's like this... I figured for sure this was made in 2008. No, it's freaking 1996. Like what? What gives? And, and then they revised it for a 98 tour, which is like the the version that I was sort of looking into and the kind and sort yeah. of they Maltby and Maltby and Shire and Wadman kind of saved the show once it sort of like left Broadway. But but either way, Sophie. Of the Scanlands. Um, Sophie, you texted me requesting this episode yeah. specifically. Because sometimes we'll sometimes we'll go to folks and like give them a list. Sometimes we'll sometimes we'll just like like gauge, hey, what are you interested in? You were like, we want to do big. Right. Why? We wanted to do big. Um part of big and Marty jump in here. I know that part of big for me was, and I was reminded of this. Because this big is not a musical that I think about every day until now. Surprising, because that's where we're different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Until now, but big was the musical that it's it's truly one of. I think my first memory of being in a theater was um, watching our high school production of The Wizard of Oz, and then after The Wizard of Oz. I think the next year, I might be talking completely out of my timeline here. No, you're here, close. But I, I, think it, I think it was big the next year. but I Yeah, it, a year or a year after that or something. Because Marty and I's you know, oldest sisters are and like you know, four to ten years older than us. So like it, there's a big span there. So we grew up watching them in all of these high school productions. And I truly remember sitting, watching big as a however old six I don't know how old I was a six-year-old and there's not a lot of like like vocal harmony in big like it just kind of like there there are a couple times that we split off into a couple different parts but like for the most part like it's a really unison show and I remember seeing I have, a, the I, have a, mm-hmm. I have a theory about that but go on I can't wait to hear you. Because kids on that. can't what? sing, and you can't it's... teach kids how to sing. That's there you literally go. it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's it. it. Sorry if I spoiled your theory. No, but... no, no, that's it. It's, it's kind of obvious. Kids can't harmonize. Yeah, no, they can't. Um, hey, the Vienna and... Boys Choir would like a word. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but okay, singing is either like hitting, hitting that harmony in finale of Act One. Also, how is this a two-act musical? There's like 15 songs in it, but like tonight's a night when they cross the line. They sang that and I was like, oh, I'm an actor. Like I I had that moment of like a (laughs) six-year-old of being like, oh, I'm an actor. And then I realized what kind of actor I was when I went home wanting to play the mom in Big and not the hot one in the red dress, you know? She's got a great act two number. She does. She's got the best number. She, I I mean, it's kind of a skip song, but it's also an amazing song. Yes. I went home wanting to play Zoltar. So like yes. that was the difference Amazing. between you and I. Like <laughs> a, as a kid growing yeah. up, I used to always have um I, I used to always like watch like Jumanji and I'd be like, wow, do I wanna play the kid who gets to kiss the girl at the end, but then not get to do any of the other fun stuff that Robin Williams does, or do I wanna get to play like Robin Williams? And so mm-hmm. that was always my like dichotomy as a kid of like, oh, would I want to be in this musical and like be the adult and be cool? Or would I want to just play Zoltar and get the most, <laughs> that shit gets stuck in my head yeah. all the time. The make a wish. It's been stuck in my head for 25 years. Same. So I yeah, we both, I think we both like, cause I remember texting Sophie and saying, Hey, we need to talk to Ben. I really want to do big as, and then Sophie was like me too. Yeah. Um, and so I think we both sort of came to a love of musical theater 
in a very a shared a very much shared way because sophie and i both basically grew up seeing all the same musicals i mean like mm-hmm. some of our first musicals were like fiddler on the roof um once on this island once big, on this island change in the air yeah the the off off the off broadway flop change in the air which ran for about one production change or you know run the f- it was crazy it was like basically like a stephen sondheim wannabe show that was sort of like a farce with like swapped identity and it was a lot of like uh like gender jokes and like oh, oh you were sure. raised as a girl and you were raised as a boy and you're a prince but wait a minute you're a princess and you are don't have what the print and it was oh, a lot of is that a, is air spelled h-e-i-r yes. oh, god yes, it damn it i should have known clever clever cutie it but sure honestly is. some slappers of some songs in there yeah also which, a couple slappers which is so which is so funny because the Richard Bobby Jr., the lyricist for this show, direct speaking of Broadway flops, um, directed one of my favorite shows, the the story of my life, a huh. show that ran all of five performances on Broadway, and wow. I saw it twice. Um, I've talked about it before. I will find every opportunity to talk about that show because I love it. Um, and Richard Bobby Jr., very nice guy. Um, but. Big was not a musical first. Here's the thing. Big's based on a movie. Big's based on a movie from 1988, um, which is just... I don't know. This was... I've, I'd seen Big before. I don't remember the last time I've like watched it and like really focused on it like I did yeah. for today's episode. And sure. it is like... What it's... You sort of like you. You look at it. You sort of there's so many angles to take on Big. Here's how I want to start off. Here, I want to read you all in this room together, the four of us, <laughs> the list of actors who were considered to play Josh oh, before oh, Tom yeah. Hanks. Oh, I can't Absolutely. wait! Because this I'm is so what, happy. Well, so, so big, directed by Penny Marshall, wonderful. Um, who would also go on to direct uh, League of Their Own, a, a masterful a film. Episode. Um, well, yeah, whenever the hell they make that musical, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, let's get on it. But this, so the movie was supposed to be directed by Steven Spielberg, and you can feel that. You can yeah. feel yeah. that it was supposed to be directed by Steven Spielberg. It should be an Amblin movie. For Honestly, sure. it, I mean, <laughs> the, and the film was written by his sister and Spielberg. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes, he had no idea. She and she wrote it with the director Gary Ross, um, who would go on to direct Pleasantville, yeah. and Sea Biscuits, among many other films. Um, but so they wrote the screenplay. They were nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for this movie. Interesting. Um, but anyway, the actors who were originally so Spielberg was going to direct, Harrison Ford was going to be Josh. Why? Wow. Oh my God. No way. Um, already too old at this point, yes. like, so, like, or at least yeah. like like Hank Harrison Ford has never not looked like forty years old. But wasn't he uh, like a carpenter? Wouldn't they have just like he was just still no, fresh out I of mean, the carpentry no, shop? Was, also, no, this was after. I guess this was post Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars. He was. Yeah, he was going back to being a carpenter. He was disillusioned yeah. by his by the yeah. film industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I don't know his trajectory. He um, just wanted to smoke weed and crash planes. And you know what? Now he's living his truth. <laughs> So, no Ford, no Spielberg. Here are the other actors who are uh, uh, listed. Kevin Costner. I was going to guess if Kevin Costner was one of them. Yes. Uh, Steve Gutenberg. Okay, sure. Warren Beatty, who is definitely too old. Oh, Um, my Lord. Come on. Warren Beatty was born too old. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Dennis Quaid. 
Um, now they were okay. all they were all offered the role and they all turned it Whoa. down. Interesting. Um, Al Albert Brooks was offered the role, but he apparently didn't want to play a kid. Sure. Um, well, mm -hmm. an actor who wanted to play the role, but the studio didn't want him to play the role. John Travolta. Well, that was <laughs> studio sure. was right on there. Yeah, the studio, was, yeah. the studio yeah, nailed yeah. it on that one. Um, Sean the wickedly Penn talented Sean, John Travolta. Yes. <laughs> Sean Penn was considered. Uh, apparently, oh, that would have been the angriest. Sean Penn Josh is the only the, the only person oh who's who's older than Warren Beatty is Sean Penn. <laughs> Um, Gary Busey auditioned for the role. Okay, the only person wow. older than <laughs> Sean. <laughs> um, uh, Deborah Winger tried to convince Penny Wash Penny Marshall to rewrite Josh to be a female character. Okay. Wow. Um, the put now thirteen going on thirty wouldn't happen for another ten years. Sure. This, is, so, this so. is true. Yeah. Now, this is the wild thing. The person who was originally cast to play Josh before Tom Hanks was brought on, Robert De Niro. You are wow. shitting me. <laughs> he was cast to play this character. The only angrier Josh <laughs> yeah. than Sean Penn. Yeah. True. Although he was he was a hunk. Like he was I mean Oh yeah. And this he was, was like, like a total hunk. Oh yeah, this was Midnight Run era. This is like yeah. a real cute Robert De Niro. But like again, like no, absolutely not. Mm -mm. So Tom Can Hanks comes on. Tom Hanks, who, I mean, a few weeks ago, Brian, we did our episode on Catch Me If You Can, where we talked about Tom. Ha That's sort of for us. We were talking about that being Tom Hanks, like turning into the dad. Like that sort of like his first like I am a dad character sort of him hmm. graduating from like the romantic lead to uh to that kind of role and i would say big yeah. which he got his first oscar nomination for best leading actor for this well movie for he big, big. He, he's good wild he is very good he is good but the, like, that nomination would never happen now no no oh, no, no 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 way no. But well, like, I, I mean, I, I think that's a, I think that's a taste thing though, because I think, I think he's great, and I think the nominations now are like, wow, Tom Holland is such a good actor because he's so <laughs> earnest, he's so sweet. Sure. What a sweetie boy. Um, but he no, it, it's like it is wild that like this was the movie where people were like, oh, Tom Hanks is an actor, like this, like it's like, and like again, no disrespect, I think we all agree he gives a good performance in this movie. Oh yeah, like that is. No question. It's just big, you know, big. <laughs> and, and I'll the say movie, the movie's yeah. named after a size. It's yeah. not much else going on. It's big. I will say that I um had somehow never seen the movie Big ever Amazing. until wow. yesterday. Yesterday was my first ever watch of the movie. I had like seen maybe, you know, a clip in the cultural zeitgeist here and there of like mm -hmm. the piano scene, but like Right. But Big the Musical is one of the first musicals I heard. So I had this very interesting experience coming to it where it was like, I'm watching the movie for the first time yesterday. And it was like, yeah. I mean, like a total trip. And, you know, I'm, I'm mostly it's I'm mostly exaggerating. I don't think that Tom Hanks is doing the best acting of his life. He's not like doing the end of Captain Phillips or anything. But <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, how sure. can you? But uh, it was very interesting coming to this movie 
yesterday for the first time in 33 years. Probably one of the only people on this planet who went in that order of experiencing yes. <laughs> the, the property of Big, Definitely. honestly. Um, I also went in that order of musical first and then movie because mm-hmm. I think the musical came to both Marty and I when we were so young that sure, like, yeah. we wouldn't have really had access to the movie before then anyway. Um, but I was shocked to hear that Marty had never seen it until yesterday because since I had seen it so many times, I just assumed that like, I always feel like I'm really late to things, especially mm-hmm. like culturally and, and, you know, especially movies. I don't know a ton of movies or like popular music or anything. So if I know something, I'm shocked when other people don't. And then I was like, when the hell did I watch big so much and marty and i went on a vacation with our parents to what is disney world florida we went to florida to a disney park in florida and we were staying in this kind of like rental like condominium Uh, okay this is insane that you're gonna say this because i watched (laughs) oh my god oh my god i can't believe that you're saying this because we had our own rooms (laughs) this is unbelievable we've never talked about this before do you want to know what the only thing that i watched was did you Forrest watch the Gump. same movie? Oh, yeah. Over and over and over. I watched Forrest Gump like five times. I wow. watched it must have been like probably six times on that trip. <laughs> wow. Disney must have had a Disney must have had like a deal with Tom Hanks or something. That they like <laughs> something for real. Are you serious? You just I'm sat in your abs- room I'm and like watched Forrest absolutely Gump? Absolutely dead serious. It was that like place that had a staircase up into the bedroom yes. areas, and there was a weird kitchen. See, this is the kind of shit that you can't get unless you have siblings on a podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> So while Marty was watching Forrest Gump, I was watching Big like eight times and I haven't seen it since then. So watching Big like as an 11 year old, you know, however many times I had this like vivid fantasy life of like, what would it be like if this happened to me? But my fantasy wasn't like, what would this be like for me as the 30 year old living big? <laughs> Mine was like, what would the horror of being this parent oh be like? Oh my God, if this I, poor mother. Like, oh, this sure. poor Mercedes, Mercedes rule is I beside know. herself. How long is he away? Six weeks? In the musical, it feels a like he's gone time. for 10 minutes. It's like months. In the movie, it feels like months in the film. It, it, yeah. it truly does. I mean, he, he. it's sort of a joke that he gets promoted so fast, but it's like, you know, he. To move all that stuff in a truck in Soho, which that apartment is literally around the corner from where I work in New York. So I also, it was so weird yesterday watching that and seeing that corner and being like, oh my God, that's Grand Street and Green Street. I work two blocks away from there. (laughs) But like, you know, that takes time. He had to have been missing from home. And he's writing these horrible letters that oh, make it sound like I he's know. at gunpoint. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, that, I mean, it is unavoidable. I, yeah. I, we use a term, like, and I've, it's a term that's around in the ether. This is a very sweaty premise. Like, it really, <laughs> yes. it really, really is. There's just a lot that comes with it. It's, it's almost Dear Evan Hansel, Dear Evan Hansen levels of sweaty, of, like, things that you gotta, like... Dear Evan Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, that yeah. Sounds yeah exactly. Really good. The it's breadcrumbs like, you don't want to follow. Truly. Like, All we like, see least... are grandma's ovens forever. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, wait, waving through an oven or, you know, something. You're all stupid. We'll, we'll keep working on it. Uh, no. Waving through yeah. a window of a gingerbread house. Of a gingerbread oh, house, different, yeah. different, I guess, but... In parentheses. This is, this is what yeah. happens when I don't know how words work. Um, The point is that, like, I would say that, like, this does not take itself as seriously as something as Dear Evan sure. Hansen, but still, oh, like... Christ, no. <laughs> but, like, at least the mechanics of the plot are just, are like... very similar. There's, it's just, like... 
and especially when you get to the Elizabeth Perkins of it all. Like that's where it really. It's also wild that the musical oh. has a the musical has a song called "Cross the Line" um, in a in a show. Ooh. In yeah, a the show. musical should also have a final number yeah, three sure called did. "Drive Off the George Washington Bridge," thinking about what I've done. <laughs> oh my god, for real! Like, I mean, like you... that's literally the end of the movie. Is her in that slow motion smile shot, and I just pictured her literally driving directly off a bridge. Like, yeah. I mean, like, the just last wretching. thing she sees is this man that she has fallen in love with walking away. She this looks away woman. for a, Yeah, then she looks away for, like, a brief moment, looks back, and now there is a, a child. It's like, a men's warehouse time machine. Just yeah. instantaneously, with, like, the sappiest of sappy Howard Shore scores playing underneath, like... Is it really Howard Shore? It is really Howard Shore. Oh, wow. I love my boy Howard Shore. He's, I mean, he's doing... Doing a, a brilliant John Williams impression, like yes. in this movie, yes. yeah. like it's it's kind. Of, I mean, it's a good score. And I think I literally wrote in my notes he was wild for this one. Howard Shore, it's <laughs> that's so funny. Oh boy, I'm, I'm the biggest the Howard place. Shore stand just because of Lord of the Rings. But I, I was about I, to, I admit, yeah. the score is very, it's very, uh, it's it's like a, a big dose of uh, ten spoonfuls of sugar, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah. His Howard, his his Howard Shore score, his Lord of the Rings <laughs> score is is it might as well be like it's like a twelve hour symphonic opus. Yeah, you know, like it's it completely stands alone from the movie mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of scores do not ever anymore. Marty, Marty, what do you think of this new Amazon Lord of the Rings series that's coming out? Okay, so I'm just mad I'm not in it mostly. So I think a lot of it <laughs> yeah. comes from. <laughs> Just you know, jealousy. Sure. I mean, it is weird. I saw, uh, man. I wish I could. I wish I could reference the the tweet that I saw because it seems so <laughs> not cool to just be like, I saw a funny tweet that I don't remember sure. who it was, and now I'm going to say sure. it on a podcast and get laughs. But it was basically like, don't worry, that's every Instagram account. Okay, now, great. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. What was what was that guy's name? The fat Jewish. I'm basically oh, just the name of yes, podcast. Exa- no, oh uh, no, gosh. don't do that to yourself. <laughs> anyway, no, you're not, that never bad. that bad. Um, I'm the. I'm the skinny Jewish. There you go. This is, I'm just <laughs> digging deeper and deeper into a not funny bit. Um, basically, I saw a thing that said Jeff Bezos is essentially the thing that... How could Jeff Bezos like look at Lord of the Rings and be like, I like this. I'm not an evil person that the everyone in the oh you know God. the third age would rail against as the massive mega corporate villain in a story all about the greed and commercialization and te- of technology and industry and how that completely destroys lives but yeah i mean definitely i'm gonna pay a hundred dollars a year for prime to watch it because of course i <laughs> all we can hope is that someday jeff bezos uh goes out like dinothor yes <laughs> just jumping off the world's tallest stone plinth on fire yes wondering or off a blue origin spaceship alive. Oh, a big spaceship. Um, I'm, Drive I'm excited right off for the, the George series. Washington plinth. <laughs> I did. <laugh. laughs> did you know that whole trailer that they released is all practical? Which is wild because it looks like the most CG thing in the world. Oh, which I know. Is, which tried is a to bummer. stay away. Yeah. What's the title now? I know there it was a title released. The Rings of Power, right? Yeah, it's called The Lord of the Rings of the Rings of Power. What a it's mouthful. A little redundant. Yeah, a little bit redundant. Yeah. And then the parentheses is. Lord of these Lord? rings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two lords, two rings. Um, 
Big is a movie about uh, a young boy named Josh Baskin. Uh, in the what are they in the suburbs of New York? They, like where yeah, they're are in they? New Jersey. They're in New they're Jersey. They're in New Jersey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Classic okay. New Jersey. So just like a stone's throw across the river, basically. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have to have some. I have to freaking summarize the plot of Big, the movie where a young boy gets big. I will big. say mm-hmm. that uh, Tom Hanks, like David, I don't know, like what decision came first to heart to cast david moscow as baby tom hanks or to cast tom hanks they're doing great impressions of each other yeah. oh it's great Agreed. okay i'm gonna plug a podcast that's really good that's called dead eyes that oh is... sure connor ratliff absolutely yes. yes so he actually has what's the actor's name david david moscow yes yes moscow. he has him on to talk about the process of big and if you're interested in that he's a very interest. it's a very interesting episode and Great. I don't remember if it is if it was one or the other, but I, I think that they cast Tom Hanks first, and then sure. he hung out with the kid a lot. Obviously, I don't think. Amazing. But, but they Great. like would cool. do scenes together and like hang out, and they would just like go to carnivals and have a good time together, and like they learned they had to Cute. like learn how to imitate each other, basically. That's cool as hell. And, and they do a great that job cool. of it. Um, I mean, yeah, Tom. I bet Tom Hanks is an excellent babysitter. Yes. <laughs> I I would believe that. Well, because like mm-hmm. it's so funny because like I. When I was a when I was twelve years old, what I was doing was collecting those best of Saturday Night Live DVDs. Um, you get like sure. the, like the best of like Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. um, Dana Carvey, whatever, Chris Rock, whatever. Um, but then like they had like a best of Tom Hanks. It's like yeah. kind of wild how inexplicably tied to that show he was like obviously mm-hmm. he's known as this like he's known as Forrest Gump and and winning an Oscar for Philadelphia and he's like sort of like prestige roles nowadays but it is like easy to forget that he had a very comedic career before sort of like moving in like big is almost like the the hinge right it's like yeah. it is a movie yeah. that obviously is a comedy but like you know you have the moment where like he he goes to New York and he like moves into that like shitty motel for that night. And he just like bursts into tears. Amazing and like, you, it, it, it is like, amazing. it is. And it's like, it's like, you know exactly what that feeling is. That feeling yes. of just like being a young mm-hmm. kid in a situation that you don't know what it is away from your parents, away from anyone, you know, and it's like terrifying. And he captures it like really beautifully. And it's also particularly, like, beautiful because you're watching an adult do it as a kid, but you're also understanding that you feel that way as an adult, too, and how, like, shameful and sad it feels as an adult to feel that way. Sorry, Sophie, I interrupted you. Oh, yeah, no, they, and just, like, that same feeling that you're talking about, Marty, like, how they keep the camera on him, and you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not seeing any of the things that, like, is, I mean, you're hearing it, and, like, he's hearing it, too, because he's in that, like, tiny, like, shitty little room, but, like just to like experience that fear along with him, they just keep the camera on him. Like yeah. they don't cut it until yeah. he like puts the pillow over his head. And you could tell that's like a super real moment. I think at least because the, the window um, shade, the window shade gets caught in the pillow and yeah. like, mm-hmm. it just kind of like fades mm-hmm. out on him. It's it's, it really hit me when I was watching it yesterday. I was like, Oh yeah, my gosh, too. this is horrifying. Like this is devastating. I deal with that every yeah, day. Penny Marshall's in this really. City. Every single yeah. That's what New York City does to you. Mm-hmm. Baby. There's always an old Italian man yelling at you through a door. There is. <laughs> every time. Constantly. Uh, I would think, I think Penny Marshall's really talented at exactly what you're talking about of just like letting the camera linger and like letting people have these really human moments and like 
showing off that vulnerability. She's really great at capturing that, especially in this and um, uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah. that like Betty yeah. Spaghetti moment in League of Their Own with the yes, telegrams. where she gets the letter. Oh, that's yeah, like a beautifully shot moment. Oh. That's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It just hangs for a while. Very yeah. similar. She's good. Good director. Um, love her a lot. Um, eventually... Uh, our boy Tom, Josh, whatever you want to call him, um, he, he wanders into FAO Schwartz, and we have this scene, you know, this, I mean, this is, like, the scene, and, like, for, for a good reason, he's, like, he's playing around, it's, it's, you, you have the joy of watching Tom Hanks act like a child, which is just mm-hmm. a joy in and of itself, and then you get to this place, it, it is him with Robert Lozier, like, on the, well, I on think, the honestly, is turning in a great performance as well oh yeah i do too i love a him really good performance in this. <laughs> yes. also i will say that a lot of this movie though is marked just by places that i've been and i worked for <laughs> like a year and a half um <laughs> basically in a building that building that fao schwartz is in there's a big sure. giant corporate office like above it obviously and then there's a huge retail sure. space below that building and i worked in that retail space for a couple of years and then also oh, wow. when that Wild. when that store moved over to where fao schwartz used to be i like literally like the camera swung around at fao schwartz and i was like oh my god i used to work there i hate that area so much <laughs> oh man so this whole movie is just FAO schwartz is now in rockefeller center it is yes, yes. and that that space yeah. was uh they they left that space when it became too expensive basically. marty you could give the real big tour like I you know really how they could. how they have those like Ooh. sex in the city tours and they just you just go to fucking like magnolia bakery like you could exactly you could lead sure. the midtown wherever the mid the big tour yeah it's basically like the cliffs of new jersey soho <laughs> 59th and 5th and um i think that's kind of it i think yeah just and any any gotta go to coney island yeah exactly yeah just go to coney yes. island and sure. just like set up a point park at the end yes um but yeah i mean the piano scene's great i mean like penny marshall yeah, is iconic it's smart she's smart and just keeps the camera just like on them like yeah. there's no again like you know Brand, we talk about this all the time. Like, what we watch, we watch contemporary movies which are filled with so much coverage, um, and like they just cut so much. And like, you go, you watch an mm-hmm. older film where they just like have the audacity to just like hold a camera shot for more than like 10 seconds. That's and it's like, it's like, refreshing. oh, it's cinema. Great. We love that. We love to yeah. see that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we have like, the opportunity to see that crowd gathering behind him and like getting yeah. more and oh, more so into fun. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, it's very fun. Do do either of you play the piano? Yes. We, Marty's we an both excellent do. piano player. Yeah, I'm all right. I plunk out parts. <laughs> Could you that do is... chopsticks? I never learned how to play chopsticks. And I had a friend who I was continually jealous of growing up. Because she could do, like, things that I couldn't do, including playing chopsticks. Say her full and... name and social security number right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not about to dox her, but she could play chopsticks. And she could also play um, the part of heart and soul. She could play the chord part sure. of heart and soul. Mm. I could only play da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. She could play da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So, um... I haven't gotten over it. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, family, and that's still important. It's to me. embedded itself in your soul. My goodness. Yeah. And her heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, 
the, I was, I was the silence. I didn't laugh. It but took me a minute. I'm like, I'm like watching my, my the transients on my on my logic session, and it's just such a long, long <laughs> blank gap. It is a Penny Marshall lingering silence as there an old Italian go. man screams. Well, Sophie, his... if you if you do want to learn to to play uh, the song Chopsticks, especially if you want to learn to play it uh, with your feet, um, I have a film I can recommend you. It's called Big. It's from the year uh, 1988. Um, I is will it... say. Yes. Is it starring Tom Hanks by chance? It is. Uh, it was his first uh, Oscar nomination for. I well, I actually, I while we're here, I, I do have to say that apparently this film was inspired by an Italian film called The Grande. Phenomenal. I was gonna make that, that joke, but that's just real. Huh? <laughs> yes, it is one of those okay, stranger than fiction. That's awesome. Things. That's awesome. There's just an Italian comedy from 1987, the year before Big came out. It's a quick turnaround, wow. eh? Wow. Yes. No kidding. Um, I know we fucking can't can't read subtitled films, so we were like, well, I guess we gotta make a a da grande now. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for the parasite. <laughs> like one year later, oh God. 29. 2020's the parasite. It was. We could have. I bet. I bet if the pandemic didn't happen, it would. They yeah, would have. Hundred percent happened. Unfortunately. Hundred percent. Yeah. God. I well, mean, there's still a show. Apparently, is that happening? Yeah, yeah is that he's happening? doing. Well, now he's doing a movie, a sci-fi film with Robert Pattinson. Is uh, oh, I'm Bond's a, I, next. I'm, I'm down for that. All right. Yeah. Why not? You got the biggest lighthouse fan in the world on this podcast as well. <laughs> sure. So I'm a big Robert nice. Pattinson. Fan. Are you excited for the Batman? Uh, yeah, I am. I heard it was three hours, and now I'm slightly less excited. Ooh, what? That's all. I, I'm actually kind of here for that because Matt Reeves' movies are great. They should just put an intermission in it. Honestly, that we need to bring I, back. We've got to bring it back. Yeah, a batter mission though, a batter mission. <laughs> So Stupid! I made a dumb joke on Twitter today with with our podcast accounts, uh, referencing the three hour running time, and said you should call it "Drive My Batmobile," um, which is a, a reference to the uh, Hamaguchi film "Drive My Car." Yes. Um, and is it also I, very long. And I, yes, three. It was also three hours long. Um, got it, got and it, I hate it. myself too. It's fine. I understand. I thought you were gonna say that like you could. They should just turn it into a musical because it's already long enough. Well. Mm, <laughs> This is true. I, yeah, uh, Sophie and Marty, this is what we talk about on this podcast, that every musical that's based on a movie is just, like, inexplicably, like, twice the length of the movie yeah. it's based on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is how songs work. I don't know um, the, the the math that goes into that. Um, what are, You have Elizabeth Perkins uh, in this movie. Again, Total also babe. giving a good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, just, like, the, the, the therapy sessions that Susan has to have like after this movie concludes itself like i cannot imagine yeah i watched this movie. an ongoing sexual relationship for months with a child yeah, yeah. I, I watched this movie and i was like wow you know what i'm i bet no one else has thought of this because no one <laughs> people haven't seen this movie in so long like my stupid hubristic mind was like <laughs> you know elizabeth perkins really looks like millie bobby brown it's like, I wonder if anyone else has ever had that thought before. And then I was like, Elizabeth Perkins, Millie Bobby Brown. And literally, it's like 5.7 million results. And it's all these memes <laughs> just being like, Millie Bobby Brown is Elizabeth Perkins? Huh? And I was like, okay, I guess I um, just think very highly of myself. I like that the internet when is... she has that big fishtail braid, she reminds me a lot of like mid-career Judy Garland. She looks oh, yeah. Like sure. Judy Garland and yep. like Meet Me in St. Louis and stuff who also rocked that same haircut. Meet Monty- Me in St. Louis, Mercedes Rules singing singing all her classic songs. I thought, I thought 
when I realized that when I watched this movie yesterday, that song, I always remember that moment when she's like, she's like, you know, talking to who she thinks is her the son's kidnapper, yeah. kidnapper or sure. something. And she's like, sing me, the, sing me the song that, that I used to sing him. And then, and I was like, oh, this isn't a lullaby. This is like a golden age, like, like classic song. And in the beginning, she's like, bang, 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 goes the trolley. I'm like, what is this Mercedes uh-huh. Bull character who loves all these old movie musicals? Like, this is a weird <laughs> detail of this film that I well, didn't appreciate I will say, when, I when, he, when he did start singing that song, I thought he was singing Memory from Cats. So did yeah, I. I did of too. Course. <laughs> of course. I mean, how can, not. How Wishful you thinking not? On, all our, on all our parts. <laughs> does that timeline even work out? Like, what, yeah, what year did this yeah, is? 88? Yeah, so, yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge then, so it would have been a completely valid reference. But no, the, Josh's mom did not sing him memory <laughs> from Cat. <laughs> no, she sang Bostifer Jones. Let's be, yes. let's be real. <laughs> That's true. That is a, a, a more precious lullaby. But now, do they have... It, it is implied that they have sex, right? Yes. Like there is a heavy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I don't think. I think it's. If it's not textual, you're gotta be a fool to like. Does Josh? Like, yeah. How does like? Because obviously, like, how does it work for Josh? Like, does he know what the hell he's doing? Like, th- we gotta get into the mechanics. She does. Of this, I would imagine. I mean, twelve year old. We don't have to get into the mechanics of how Zoltar turns a boy overnight. <laughs> sure. We don't have to. Well, get into that's the exactly right. Of this. Well. <laughs> and what I will say is that, like, you know, I don't know if you want to keep this strictly to the movie right now before we jump to the musical, but I will say I that, do, like, but go on. <laughs> uh, I'll just say, like, the musical, I think, does a, a slightly better job of addressing some of those questions that the audience might have with its, like, writing, which I think is a really, I think that's a very positive part of the musical. I think but, you're right, yes. But, yeah, I'm... I think that we're meant to feel that he did. Yes. Um... I mean, yeah, and then look at the way he skips into work the next day. I was about to say, yeah. black, yeah, an absolute act two yeah. showstopper. It, oh God, yes. well, it is, it's true. <laughs> um, I will say, um, for any Rick and Morty fans out there, um, when when he does come into work one day, there is a scene where there is a mailman walking down the down the hallway who gives Tom Hanks a high five and says, "My man, high five. and that character shows up in an episode of Rick and Morty. On several occasions. That's insane. Yes. That's amazing. Um, That's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I've never seen Rick and Morty, but you can shoot Rick and Morty in Fortnite now, which is insane. What? What does that even mean? (laughs) I don't know what that sentence means. (laughs) Fortnite. Before we get down to wherever we're at, but like they have all sorts of IP now. Like they, they have like you can like you can go to a Lady Gaga concert and also like kill. Rick <laughs> in the same place. Is this you some like Spider-Man shit or like kind what of, is yeah. this? It's kind of like a, a, a sort, sort of. of like a loving version of metaverse. But yeah, you gotcha. can like watch wow. a Nicki Minaj concert while like shooting mm-hmm. pickle Rick with a sniper rifle. Well, I know they Spider-Man. had like a they had like a Rise of Skywalker like teaser in yeah. Fortnite, yeah. right? Yeah, I just well ju- back I- during the 2020 election, Joe Biden proposed like he wanted to do like Travis Scott and be like a 75 foot tall <laughs> Joe Biden walking through Fortnite. Whoa! And the- we were robbed of that. Yes, yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> he just cool- wanted to be big. <laughs> he just wanted to be big. Wanted to be Grande. big. Legrande. <laughs> I want to be Legrande. Oh, I want to be big. <laughs> It's not a bad Biden. <laughs> it's actually a pretty yeah, on, that's man. A, that's a very good Biden, Marty. No, thank you. Yeah, gonna 
yeah, that's a good potty trick. Um, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, it's so that he has to like, come up with a toy pitch and they essentially invent an iPad uh, yeah. for reading comic books is essentially yeah. like yeah, what they come that's up wild. With. He invents an iPad, a choose your own adventure iPad. Yeah. Yes, basically. which is honestly, yeah. and I would do that. Okay, yeah. I have a question about the movie. Please, when, when he's like, yeah, I think it would be like eighteen dollars, and then she's like. Is that the thing that makes her be like, oh, shit, he's a kid. He thinks $18 yes. is a lot of money. I think so, yes. Okay. Because I guess just like inflation or whatever, I don't really know which number was supposed to be crazy there. I was like, oh, $18 is... Like, I, I got those, like, pens that you, like, blew ink through with your mouth. Do you remember those? I might be, I, eight, yes, I might I be do, dating yeah. myself No, no, no. I got you. Oh, those I remember the squiggle writers. They were sort of like that, but they were like these... It was like a pen that had like a tube, and you'd blow into the tube, um, and it would shoot like was airbrushed ink out. Was this a late night out. TV commercial thing? Uh, probably, but I got it actually at FAO yeah. Schwartz. Oh, and so that was cool. probably like forty dollars. It was some like crazy number. So I have what? a note about inflation. Well, when... I just well I just brought up an inflation <laughs> awesome. calculator on my. Phone. I had my inflation <laughs> calculator open during this because he gets a check, and Tom Hanks has such a funny moment where he goes. I can't yell into my mic, but he goes, $187. And his co-worker, yes. who John is an Lovitz. actor who I know. It's John yes. Lovitz, yeah. John course. Lovitz is like, yes. is like, yeah, they really rob you. And I was like, yeah, They really much? screw you, don't they? They really screw you, don't they? How much is that? How much is that today? It's like $421 or something. Which you know, like, so I'm for like, like oh. a, For like a bi-weekly paycheck, yeah, not great. Yeah, no. not, <laughs> much. Not, not a great salary. But, yeah. uh, but then mm-hmm. he has a Soho apartment, so, you know. It's true. Well, wants. Soho at that time was probably yeah. kind of um, not great. Yeah, right. It was like yeah. $17 a night. I think yeah. that's what they said in the motel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, place costs like yeah. $25 million. Like literally that's oh, like a, yeah. it's like a, a multi-million dollar loft. apartment. That, that loft, building is insane. Yeah. So I, I will say for the $18 question in, in today money, that would be like 40 bucks. Yeah. Still... Uh-huh. I mean, there's zero chance that, that, it would that be thing is that. sold for it would be two hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. So she's, she's basically costs. like, uh oh, he's a kid. Yeah. Because to him, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Pretty be like if he was like, it's going to cost two bubble gums. Yeah. <laughs> 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 two bubble gums and a malt, please. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, he essentially like gets to this point where I mean, yeah, he I, I if I was 12 years old. And I somehow became, what is he supposed to be, like, late 20s, early 30s? Yeah, he's is supposed to be 30. Yeah. He's supposed 30. to be 30, yes. Um, oh. That'd be fucking terrifying. Um, and, yeah, yeah. You, you miss life. Like, listen, uh, you know, your, your 20s your 20s aren't the the best thing in the world, but, you know, they're, they're a valuable time. You, you sort of find yourself. You figure out who you are as a person, and it's yeah. it's not great to lose all that time and he realizes that so good for him it's all about how you have to you have to go through those what well, doesn't she say it or is that in the musical i can't remember she's like it, you I, have I, to it might be in the musical yeah yeah i keep on Which, jumping the gun it's fine you're, you're just a big john weidman fan it's okay it's you know that's the only that's the only thing i have it's all i hang my hat on anymore <laughs> That and shooting Rick and or Morty in Fortnite. In Fortnite. In Fortnite. Which I also, I didn't play for like three years and then I picked it back up. Are you just back on it? Yeah, well, just for like a day. That's fine. Um, And then, yeah, the movie. better Battle Royale games. No, definitely. The movie ends with, uh, yeah, again, like I said, uh, he gets to be a kid again. 
and uh, he, and she's scarred for life. Um, poor Susan. Um, any other sort of stray thoughts on the film, just as as a movie? His buddy, but, I like his buddy. Love his buddy. Yeah, yeah, plays his friend. Bill, Billy. Oh, great, Billy. Great kid. Billy. He was in. Yeah. Uh, he was later in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Great. Um, also, uh, douchebag coworker who's dating. Um, oh yeah, Perkins before that Paul. Actor's yeah. Perkins. Paul Reigert, right? Uh, the he's played by John Hurd. Uh, is the actor's oh, name Paul, Paul Davenport? Is the actor's name? Oh, I think. Oh, I'm thinking of Peter Reigert, which I was just reading about for a different reason. Never mind. Uh, I was talking about Gypsy. Yeah, that guy, that guy, and Robert Loggia are both um, season series regulars on The Sopranos. Uh, just to yes. tie it into. Yes. Always comes back to the good. Sopranos. I was trying to remember Always. why I had seen not Robert Loja, but I tried to remember why, and it's because he's the corrupt council he's person, He's the corrupt, right? yes. like, cop, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. cop. He's like a detective or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great plot line. Mm-hmm. I could <laughs> yes. talk about Sopranos all day. All day. S- so could Brian. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? <laughs> so this movie, like I said, was nominated for two Oscars. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, and it was nominated for Best Actor for Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks did also Wild. win the Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy. I think um, Obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, yeah, primed to be a Golden Globe award-winning performance. Yeah, I will a say... Ham, Tom- just swing and a hit. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so maybe Tom Hanks should have won this year because... I was I'm just looking- going to ask who else was up at the Oscars that so, year. So yeah, here's, here's what we got. So we got Max von Sydow for a movie called Pell the Conqueror. Okay. We've got Edward James Olmos Nothing. for Stand and Deliver. Okay. We've got. Oh, can Gina- you imagine if he won? They'd say almost won, and then there'd be great headlines about it because it would <laughs> sound like he didn't, That'd and they'd good. really have a great time. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Hackman was not nominated for Mississippi Burning. Okay. Oh sure. And then the winner was a little man named Dustin Hoffman for a film oh. called Rain Man. Yeah, Ooh. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, a movie that if were made today, they would execute. They would him in the middle of Times Square. Which, to be fair, <laughs> would have also happened to Tom Hanks if he won for Forrest Gump today. So... Yes, that is true. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Less, much less so than Rain Man, but yeah, sure. Both not... I'm not going to defend not either great. performance, sure. you know. Um, and I will say, uh, Best Original Screenplay also lost to Rain Man. It probably should have gone to A Fish Called Wanda, which was nominated mm. that year. Oh, I love oh, A Fish yeah. Called Wanda. Um, we all have a fish called Wonder, and we all marginally enjoy a movie called Big. Um, but we all seem to find a lot of pleasure in a musical uh, also called Big. Um, so here's my hot take, my friends. Um, I think that Big the Musical is better than Big the Movie. I said it. Oh, I, said I would agree it. with that. I, I I'm, think, I'm just. Yeah, I don't know how how popular that opinion is, or how decried upon that opinion is in the in the grander scheme of pop culture. I, I think, think maybe you'll be the one executed in Times Square. Who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I've been there. I was executed once there in Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> right next to Elmo and the Cookie Monster. Yeah. Well, it's there not Elmo. Go. It's like Elma and like the. Elmo. Elmo. The, yeah. <laughs> Elmo and the and Cookie, cookie Monster. And yeah, Cookie and the, Monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a di- that's a different street, actually. That's a, uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's on Ninth Avenue. So, because yeah. Brand, Brand, you, <laughs> Brand, you didn't seem to be a fan of either of these. 
you know, the musical's okay. It's it's I think that I really was just I'm just I'm very off put by this movie as an adult. I don't sure. there's a lot of reasons why. I it's, think that's um, fair. It yeah, and like but it's it's a charming it's still a charming movie despite its like inherent uh ickiness yes. in a lot of senses. And I but I hundred percent agree that the musical's better. I think that like it gives a lot more justice to the mother character, yes. which I think yep. that I, I almost wish that that was a subplot. And I don't think it even counts as a subplot in the movie. Um, no. It's just like also happening. Yes. Um, and then, um, and the song, I mean, you know, Malby and Shire can write a tune. Well, they can I, really write a tune. I mean, they can write a tune. So I got it. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about them for a second because I was just like, I'm a, I've been a Maltby and Shire fan for years. I mean, like, Richard Maltby Jr., David Shire, um, they they sort of, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say they invented the song cycle, but they sure as hell perfected it, I would argue, with things like Starting Here, Starting Now, and especially Closer Than Ever. Um, really, yes. like, masterful song cycles that, like, Without them, you wouldn't have a Songs of, for a New World. You wouldn't have a fucking Edges. Like, none of none of that would have happened without Mobby and Shire. Um, they, uh, Richard Mobby Jr. is also a very acclaimed director. He's the creator and director of Ain't Misbehavin'. Um, oh, yeah. Originally on Broadway. Uh, won the Tony Award in 1978, I want to say. Um, he was a lyricist for Miss Saigon when it came to Broadway. Lyricist for Whoa, the- really? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just, so for like the American version? I'm he pretty rewrote, sure, yes, for the American version. He like yes. de-Frenched it a little bit? <laughs> you got, yes. De-Frenched, <laughs> de- de-Frenched a Vietnam musical, exactly. Yeah. His yes. lyrics well. for the helicopter were amazing. When it was like, I mean... Oh, incredible. <laughs> incredible um, stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, he also directed, he's, uh, directed the show Fosse. Which is a show, just oh, uh, yeah. uh, a nineteen ninety nine musical about Farsi. He created the show Ring of Fire, that Johnny Cash jukebox huh. musical. Sure, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very pretty. And you know, again, the the flop musical that's brilliant, the story of my life, which I love. Um, I'm not familiar with that. I got to check it out. It's 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 sweet. I just think of the One Direction song. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know that song. I don't, I'm not a big One Direction stan. It's a good song. Okay. I'm not a big One Direction stan either, but that's a good song. Uh, but either way, so Mulby and Shire as a duo, uh, they obviously their big uh, musical before this was Baby. I was going to uh, ask, did they do Baby? They that's sure did. I I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which the book for that show was by Sybil Pearson, and Mulby Jr. also directed it. Um, maybe so they went from Baby to Big. You know, <laughs> when you put it Skipped like that. medium all together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I like Baby. I've, I've never actually gotten to see a production of it, but I'm a big fan of that score. I, in like trying to like, I was like trying to figure out like how to describe them like as a songwriting team. And like, maybe y'all have thoughts. Like it's almost like, it's very, so I feel like they're in the same school of like Marvin Hamlish or like uh but back rack almost it's like a very sort of like poppy sensation to it's like yep. it's but like not nearly as complex as either of those no you know? but that's still like way simpler but they're still really catchy with that same yes. sort of like 70s like early 80s pop sensibility to them i also like interestingly have uh, listening to the score a lot i i get and maybe it's just because what i'm choosing to listen to and hear but like i get sort of shades of um like William Finn, and sure. I get some shades sure. of like um, "Merrily We Roll Along," like very yeah. much like early, mm-hmm. or not early, but like yeah, like like yeah, like mid time, yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I think those are definitely fair. I like, I don't. There's and like David Shire is also just like an acclaimed uh, film composer in his own right. Uh, he's composed scores for films like The Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh, I didn't and know that. The, the Conversation oh. and All the President's Men. Um, oh man, he, yeah, he's like freaking great. Um, in his in his own right, just like as a composer and like. Yeah, I again, I was just like trying to sort of like pin it down, but I think I don't know. I think David Shire is a better composer than people might give him credit for, and I think the same with Maltby Junior as a lyricist. Like he's clearly like very witty and tr- like trying to be sort of like very again like sort of like pop and contemporary with the kind of yeah. stuff he's writing about. Like like in shows like Baby and Closer Than Ever, they're clearly like really interested in sort of like contemporary like romantic dynamics and sort of like the way that like people interact with like culture and all of that stuff in, in a very sort of like present day contemporary sort of sense. Um, baby is also, I would say recognizable as one of the shows in the same season as Lacage and, uh, Sunday in the park with George. Like uh-huh. I, if I remember the lost in the shuffle there. Yes, exactly. Right. It's like, it was those powerhouses. Exactly. But it's still, it's still a charming show, baby. Baby, um, baby, baby, yeah, but what if there were babies? <laughs> yes, baby grew up to be big. Um, and then of course the book for Big <laughs> is by John Weidman, uh, who probably most people know as a Sondheim collaborator. He wrote the books to uh, Pacific Overtures, Assassins, oh, and Roadshow. Sure. Uh, the big Sondheim's I big. Ro- I love Assassins. I. I, I mean, I love Pacific Overtures, so there we fucking go. We <laughs> completed the, the Sondheim-Weidman trifecta. I mean, and I, and I do love that those are, those are secretly, like, outside of, like, Sweeney Todd, which is its own sort of, like, masterpiece of a thing. I think those three are kind of, like, secret, like, dark horse favorite Sondheims. I mean, like, they're, sure. they're the, the most political of his works in each of their separate sure. ways. Uh, Roadshow especially, like, I... Sophie, I'm with you. I fucking love that thing. I think it is like yeah. really, really beautiful, and I think it's it will brilliant. it will get its due one day. Yeah, justice for Roadshow. Damn it! Um, I saw it at the Chocolate Factory in London. Sure, and it was wild. Yeah, it was really cool. That space is wild too, because it is like I mean, like it is like comparable to like a Chicago like storefronts yeah like maybe smaller honestly oh yeah cool. you were on the stage wherever yes you sat. cool cool but that's cool. a different musical. That. but that's a different musical but it's written by the writer different of composer Big. and like yeah. bran it's so funny because this checks off so many of the th- i feel like this checks off a few of the things on our bingo cards of uh like how to adapt a film into a stage show but then sure. like also in the same vein i think like like it's it listening to the show and reading the scripts to the show reminded me of that moment in Arrested Development where uh, Jason Bateman goes into the fridge and he pulls out a baggie, <laughs> a paper bag, and on it it says "Big but a musical." And I opened it and I looked inside <laughs> and I said, "Well, I don't know what I was expecting." <laughs> that's that's kind of my experience with this show. Yeah. I think that's a very, very fair. I think that's. I think and, that's and, right and, on. And I, w- and I wouldn't even say that that's a negative value judgment. No. I'm just oh, like, no. I'm like, no, this is this is big the musical. 
I mean, I'm this sure. I don't sure. know what else I was expecting. Yes, thank you. I don't know what else I was expecting. <laughs> I, I would bet that you talk about this frequently, but like what makes a good musical adaptation and what, what you want to take from a film and what's the point and purpose of a musical and why you do certain things. And I think Big very frequently hits the mark as far as like what is a character what is the heightened emotion of the character and why are they singing about that right now? And I think yes. Big, like, really, like, textbook kind of nails a pretty significant amount of the songs that it does with with that. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that is, like, what makes a a good musical adaptation or just a good musical and then it just happens to be an adaptation. Well, I feel like a lot of contemporary like film to stage adaptations and also just like a lot of contemporary musical theater in general is songs that act as plots rather than songs that act as emotional points yes you know so like you have songs about the thing that is happening rather than like about what the character is going through and big is like shock for a plenty of like emotion like I feel like there are, like, so many songs that, like, folk could, like, put in, their, put in their, like, audition book. Like, there's some, like, really beautiful, like, character songs. Stuff stuff like uh, the mom song, Stop Time. Yeah. Uh, stuff, song. yeah, beautiful songs. Stuff like, I mean, I feel like the big song that sort of, like, grew from the show was the Stop. The big song? <laughs> well, mm, well, it is a big, technically it is a big song, Brian. Uh, Every song in this show is a big song. Mm, That's right. Uh, it's called, the song Stars that they sing. Love that uh, song. It's yeah. mm-hmm. Stars, I could give you stars. It's, yeah, it's just lovely. It's just a sweet little thing, and, like, it has its own resonance outside of, of the context of the show, and it's it's a, it's a little gem of a thing, and I love I love that for it, you know? You know Russell Crowe's gonna sing that in the movie version of the musical. Oh my god! You know, I was gonna do my impression, but you two just fucking nailed it, and I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I don't need a third Russell Crowe and Les Mis. No, impression. you have to complete the I Russell Crowe trifecta. <laughs> and then he jumps off of the oh. clock tower at he jumps onto a Zoltar machine, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what? So yeah, I mean, like Sophie and Marty, like what? What are like songs or like moments in this musical that like really, really like stuck with you, or like th- things that sort of like keep you coming back to it as a musical? I have like a some kind of brain disease with my with like music. It's not really a disease, um, but like I a fixation. I get, yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> I um. <laughs> I frequently get stuff stuck in my head that is, like, years and years and years old. Like, I'll have, like, jingles from, like, the early... I was born in the late 80s. Like, jingles from, like, the early 90s in my head that are, like, in my head still to this day. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is constantly in my head is, Mom, don't turn around. When you turn around, don't scream. I have that in my head, that whole sequence. And, like, Mama, Mom, I said don't scream. Ah!" Yeah. Like, all that stuff is so memorable. That's not even, like, the best song. But for some reason, that, like, really That phrase is just in your head. Yeah. 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 But, like, Stars was a big one that stuck with me. Um, I Want to Go Home, like, the end especially. Sure. I, we can talk all about how like Daniel Jenkins is doing like a pretty good approximation of a Tom Hanks voice, but still like kind of he's going, his own. especially when he first wakes up as an adult. Yes. He sounds really like, he is clearly leaning into that and sounds like Tom Hanks yelling. Yeah. Now, here's here's the question I want to post you all, because I 
listened to for the purposes of today because i wanted to listen to the recording that that captures accurately what the show is like the one that you can license from mti yeah because as we know as i alluded to at the beginning of this episode uh a few years after it closed um they revised it um so there is a uk cast recording from a 2016 production i don't know if anyone has caught wind of this is it from ireland or it's it's just, it just says UK cast recording. Interesting. I watched a, a YouTube video that obviously was a cast that had a lot of money. It might, it might have I been that not, one, yeah. I did not love it. I, not I mean, I, I only, again, I only listened to it for like <laughs> the purposes of knowing like how the musical exists sure, in sure. the world today. Um, but yes, and I did, and I, I will say like, just like from a from a, a audio and listening perspective just from from that sense i enjoy the broadway cast recording more i just think that i enjoy the performances more i think again speaking as a british person they cannot do american accents yeah. in that production to save wow. their life um but i mean i i've got that i have that opening number stuck in my head all day Oh, oh I think do, it's one of the best do, 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 overtures do, do, do. too of all time. It's yeah. a very good overture. It is, yeah. It's so good. I've had, I've had crossed the line, which again, back, I just gotta say, terrible title. Like I said it already, oh, but again, it's a horrible title. <laughs> um, I, I don't. When I was a kid, this was like the ultimate musical theater number for me no number could touch cross the line um then again i'd only seen three musicals so i didn't have a huge like breadth of knowledge about that and now listening to it i don't think it's it might not even be in my top five of songs (laughs) in the show but i have had just like marty i perseverate on these like really uh just these hooks and yeah even if it's not the hook of the song or whatever i have been thinking about it since I was probably six years old. So I have sure. had crossed the line stuck in my head for my entire life. And I uh, taught at a, a arts camp um, up in Michigan for a couple of years. And one year I had to teach like the, you had majors and minors and the majors, mm-hmm. like you'd spend like most of the day with the majors and then the minors, you had like one hour, like five days a week. And it was kind of like a more relaxed thing if it wasn't your major. And I taught the musical theater minor. And um, I staged the song cross the line and it was in that moment that i was teaching it to the students i was like oh this song isn't a great song this song is important to me but that doesn't make it a great number you know like i had that horrifying moment that's all of jekyll and hyde for me exactly of jekyll and hyde the only play i've ever walked out of in the middle of and yet wow it was a really tough time because sure. I have been listening to that soundtrack since I was seven. Um, but I think Coffee Black is one of oh, yeah. the Amazing. most insane numbers of all time. And it's Marty, really bananas, yes. I was wondering if you had the same experience that I did, Marty, of our, our shared favorite moment of Book of Mormon. Uh, in Oh, there are two moments in Coffee Black that I needed to talk about was... Um, when he's like when he's just like talking about 
How about not on your desk at eight? And, and it, it sounds, sounds just- exactly like, oh my God, Sophie, this is insane. Yes, you're exactly right. And <laughs> oh my God. I literally listened to the soundtrack today to refresh. And I was yeah. like, wow, this sounds just like All American Profit from Book of Mormon. Part three in the Hero by Is Dead. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Insane. Okay. Interesting. I was really, really hoping oh. that you would have that thought. Yeah, and then so my they other... thought he was up to thought three. It was in, in the backyard. Liar. Liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, it sounds exactly like that. All right. Great. It sounds exactly Whoa. like that. Good. And then the other moment in Coffee Black went. <laughs> That's insane you said that. <laughs> I have um, Mrs. Perkins, what is her name? The yeah, secretary. That's, I think that so. Right. That's about and right. Like perk, that makes that's a funny joke, their, right? Coffee perk. Oh, that's very good. Their mm-hmm. um their exchange have the something 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 have the something something yeah. something, and she has like sure. that. I'm like, what an unbelievable like Lilius White moment of just like the only sure. other woman in the show coming in getting this like tiny feature, and then yes, I'll take your coffee black or whatever, and. And then she gets the let's have coffee, lots of coffee, da 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 da, lots of coffee. Yep. <laughs> she has the it's craziest like, <laughs> voice. It's basically like it's it's the how to succeed in business thing too. It's like the exact yeah. oh, same yeah. thing of like sure. the Brotherhood of Man, where the she comes in. Oh, that noble feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The Lilius White and the Matthew Roderick Brotherhood of Man just coming in, stealing the show in a like mm-hmm. not an eleven o'clock number, but like a nine forty. Yeah, it's like a nine forty. <laughs> I will say, now, now again, and I say again, I say this with love as someone who genuinely loves Richard Mulvey Jr. both as a lyricist, director, and human being. Um, has he written a lyric better than "Nothing's Worse Crap Than a Little White Polish Boy from Jersey, Jersey talking, talking rap? rap"? No, is that That's the, the best lyric in the show? That also that gets stuck height? in my head all the time. Yes. You know what's so funny? All those kids. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but like, you know, kids can't sing. My, you, I mean, I, I'm saying they can my sing. They can't harmonize. Though, yeah, that's true. Well, some kids can't <laughs> sing. I don't know. I saw Matilda. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, no! Some of them were okay, and some of them were just small adults, just like every musical. Anyway, but, but yes, sure. I was gonna say my 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 fiance Allie, who you all know on this call, but to the greater listenership, um, Allie always says that if a kid in a musical can't sing, you should be uh, refunded a partial discount for your ticket. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's I agree so with and that. And I think these kids are mostly good. <laughs> I watched a very interesting video of like highlights from the Broadway production, which like sure. I, we were watching it and we were like, "Did didn't didn't Susan Stroman choreograph this?" It. But she like, sure did. Yeah, it's wow. kind of a big mess. The ones that I saw, but the curtain call is really long, and each kid gets like eight bars, and they're all just like the music is like and they're like go cc go cc and then cc gets to do a move and then somebody else comes in and does an aerial and you're like oh that's an adult who looks like a kid and then another kid comes in and does like a spin and you're like okay that's a 10 year old yeah very interesting yeah you're absolutely right susan stroman was the the choreographer um choreographer (laughs) jesus christ uh, of this show uh it was directed by the director mike ockrent um but yeah, it was uh, not a hit on Broadway. Um, just to no, say, it was, a, um, it was a big. It was one of the biggest money, one of the biggest money losing ventures on Broadway, like to the time. It was I a think. big flop. Yes. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah. Um, I do like its little catchphrase. Um, if you only have one wish, make it big. <laughs> the no, musical. That's pretty good. That's actually um, good. I like that. It is good. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. But then, yeah, they like I said, they rewrote it for the road. Uh, reviews were very good for its national tour and uh yeah the revised version is through music theater international i think and i think it's done like every now and then i mean like it's based on a movie people know 
four great minds agree that it is better than its original source material. Which is pretty, um, yeah. yep, pretty difficult to do for uh, especially, I mean, you, you Ben, know better than anyone that it's pretty difficult to do I that was, with all your I'll research say, that you've done, I'm sure. I mean, I'll say, Bran, I was looking through our episodes today, and I mean, like, there are maybe like five musicals that are actually better than the movies they're based on. Yeah. Like, it's very rare to have a musical theater adaptation that actually succeeds the film it's based on. Um, yeah. Like, it's also wild because we've, like, this is, like, uh, two out of three in a row that are pretty decent adaptations. Yeah. Like, pretty honestly. good. And like, We're, like, I didn't on a good for, streak I, right here. Don't worry. We'll take a dive for the worst soon, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. We'll, yeah, sooner or later, we'll find something that just is the freaking pits. Um, now, I will say, also, speaking of the Broadway production, so... The musical got uh, one, two, three, four, five Tony nominations. Um, it was nominated for choreography, uh, featured actor in a musical for Brett uh, Tabasel, who played Billy, Josh's friends. He was nominated for featured actor in a musical. Good for him. Interesting. Good for him. Uh, Krista Moore, who played Susan, was yes. nominated for fe- for leading actress in a musical. Um, they were nominated for best book, and they were nominated for best score. Um, now, I don't know if anyone uh, remembers the year 1996 in the history of musical theater, uh, but this is when a little musical opened on Broadway called Rent. Rent. There it uh, is. Wow. So, yeah, Big Big wasn't even nominated for Best Musical that year. Yeah. Um, it was nominated in the... And it was it only probably only got into the score and... Uh, book categories because like one of the leading best musical nominees was Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk, which uh, I mean I don't oh, yeah. know if it's it mainly I don't know if, I guess it had an eligible score, but I think it was mainly more seen as a more seen like as oh you know it was nominated for best score. I'm talking out of my butt here, um, but yes, big big got in and just was not good enough to get a best musical nomination. Did Krista um, Moore win? I don't think she did. Right? No, no one, yeah. no one from Big won uh, for for this musical. It was just a slew of nominations. Uh, uh-huh. The kid who played uh, Billy Brett Tabasel did win a Theatre World Award um, for which is they give to like either debut or like emerging actors oh, in, sure. in a show. So they should call it the and introducing award. You know, oh, that's good, <laughs> That'd be right? So good. That is kind of cute. Um, I do like that. Um, yeah, I was. I'll. I'll say, I wasn't coming into this episode like. Ex- I, I mean, I was coming in excited because we had two great guests, but I wasn't like ready to be blown away by Big the Musical. And I still don't think I'm blown away by Big the Musical, but I will sure. say it is still latched onto my brain in a way that I wasn't really expecting to. I think. I think with Big, one of the things that for me makes a really successful adaptation, and I don't know, Ben and Bran, like in all of your episodes, if you if you thought about this or like agree with this at all, but um, I think it has to pay homage, like the adaptation has to either pay homage to or closely match the original intention of its source material. So like if sure. you're trying to do something completely different with its if you're trying to like adapt something completely different from its source material like it's just going to be that like book to movie thing of like oh that's Mm -hmm. not how this book like felt while i was reading it whereas like big i watch the movie and i feel like it's big and then i watch the musical and i am 
equally delighted, but now there's more dancing. So I'm happy either way. And I'm like, again, I, I'm not going to go home and think about this. Our Marty and I's um, high school theater teacher used to say, uh, some musicals, uh, some, some plays change your life, some plays change your evening. And this is definitely <laughs> like an evening changer. And sure. like, what a delight. What are you going to do? Yeah. Go, go home and be mad about Big? <laughs> yeah, I think also the music just really captures the era too. Like you know the, that like horrible synthesizer kind of hits different now when you listen to it. Like that, you know, soon as your chores and all that stuff. But like, yeah, I think it. I think it's paying tribute to an era that it was you know written in and trying to mimic in some way. I, I can appreciate that, especially as like you know I'm. It's insane to be like I'm a composer, but like I, I really like love that stuff, and I think Big yeah. actually, from a compositional standpoint, has like a ton of really, really great motif that like come Absolutely. come back and forth, and I mm-hmm. think it does a really nice job of like theming a lot of its characters, and um, I, I think there's a lot that's really successful in the music of Big, and I think it's partially why it's been truly stuck in my head for as long as it has been, and until getting prepared to do this, I didn't realize that truly I'm looking at the track list, and almost every track. At some point in, I'm not kidding, my week gets stuck in my head since I saw it when I was probably 10. Yeah. I love that. It's um, pretty crazy. It is, it, is, it's, it is pretty crazy. I think, Sophie, you're absolutely onto something uh, that, that got trapped in my brain uh, about adaptation. I think you're absolutely right that sometimes I, yeah, I, sometimes I'm more interested in something that captures the spirit that it's that it's based on rather than like sticking to it like from a plot perspective or whatever like sometimes like like if you're capturing that sort of yeah like that aura of it can sometimes be more important above anything else and big does do that and then add some nice songs in there because why not yeah Um, and then you have barbara walsh as the mom my favorite my favorite joanne ever she's in chicago right now on the the yeah she's in the oklahoma tour Oh, yeah. She, oh, my friend is in the Oklahoma. I wasn't tour sure right if you now. meant the musical. Yeah, no, she's in. She's in the tour of Oklahoma. Uh, in the city of Chicago. In the city of Chicago, city as we are recording Chicago. this. That's so yes. funny. My, my friend is in that tour as well, and she is wonderful. Nice. You should get some uh, big, big the musical stories from her. Yeah, we gotta get some. We gotta get some merch made. We need her to sign some stuff. You know, honestly. There you go. Send her your original cast recording. Send yeah. her a clock. Send her a clock. And she can write stop, stop time on it. Wow. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, big. It's a musical that's pretty big. Um, now, Sophie Scanlon and Marty Scanlon, we've reached the end of our episode of Movie the Musical. And at the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, when we have a guest on the show, we ask our guests a very important question. And I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm excited to see what you all have got cooked up. So, Sophie and Marty, if you could adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what movie would you choose? I, I've been vacillating between two, and I'm really, really having a hard time deciding on which one to do. Right, so it sounds like we've got two separate answers, it sounds like. Yeah, that's yes. what I was going to say. I Sophie, like Sophie we, we, we have not discussed this. So We have not discussed this, and my heart is pounding right now because I wonder if, if, we're, the same if one, one of your answers is the one that I'm thinking. Because <laughs> I saw this, and I immediately, I knew my answer. Hmm. 
Maybe well, you should count to three, and then you both say it at the same time. Okay, so here's here, here's my caveat. Yeah, great for an audio medium. My, my, my caveat for this is that I I have been sort of slowly working on a pitch for this for like the last few months. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but then I looked it up today, and it was a project that Kristen Chenoweth was tied to four years ago, and then it never went anywhere. So I think Universal Music Group probably still has the rights to it. So it probably will never happen. So sure. I will say I will say what my idea is, but then I, okay. I kind of want to talk about a different one too. But sure. whatever. Sophie, you want to try it on three? We'll try it on three, and if we embarrass ourselves, we'll have to edit it out. Well, You're not editing it in. No, we'll, um, of course we'll keep it in. Go ahead. Okay, ready? Yeah. We'll, we'll do three, two, one, and then say it. Great. Okay. Three, Three, two, two one. one. Death the becomes court her. Oh, oh, the court jester is one God. of my top three that I would do. The, the court jester becomes is her is also. Death becomes her. The musical is probably the best idea I've ever heard in my life. I, I've been working on like a pitch for it. Um, yeah. So that would be fun to do. Now, Marty. I'm yes. going to start with you, Marty, because I have no idea what the fuck the court jester is. So we'll court get to that, we'll get to that right. in just yeah, we'll, a moment. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that later. Your life, baby. I know. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> now, Marty, Death Becomes Her is a great answer. And yes, you are absolutely right that Kristen Chenoweth was tied to it. And she'd be great in it. And I think my question is... Oh, oh okay, fine. Yes. I, no, no, no. I, I agree. I just made a face, dear listener. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, do, I, I think she's fantastic. She'd be I fine. I made a face. Um, I don't know how the hell you would stage that show. Yeah, because, sure. Because there are so many, I mean, it's a fucking Robert Zemeckis movie. It's like right. the 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 special effects and all of like the like the characters that have holes in them and their body parts for like there's so yeah. much happening to these characters. They're like, I'm sure there are creative solutions, but for me yes. in this moment in early 2022, I'm just like, I don't know how the hell you would do this show. Yeah, I, you gotta I, hire like some awesome gore effect people, and then the magicians that designed all the Beauty and the Beast stuff. That's exactly, exactly right, and it's like a yeah. big giant unit set that is like the mansion, but then that can become like this the uh you know Anywhere the crazy else. castle, and it can become the cliffs of wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have like uh, yeah, I have a lot of ideas, and I don't think it will ever happen because someone's already basically doing it. Although there was no creative team at the time, so who knows? Maybe they just need some young upstart composer and writer to come in and do it, but. Uh, yeah, it would be, but but Brand, that's exactly right. It would need like a, a great like magic effects team, mm-hmm. um, I, and it would need like, and I also just don't think there's enough. Um, I mean, I talk with Ali about this all the time because Ali is a brilliant comedic performer, actor, and mm-hmm. singer, and I don't think there are enough like comedic roles for women, and especially in musicals. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it'd be really fun to write like a very very fun comedic show for like two very funny women. It'd yeah. be very cool. Now, what was what was the other movie you were going to talk about? Was it The Court Jester? Was it a, another thing? The other one that I think would be an amazing musical that I'd also like to pursue doing is Rat Race. Sure. <laughs> okay. Short thing. That's a really good I idea. think Rat Race is like structured Speaking like a musical. Shows. I think yeah. like having two, the, the pair of people and how they do all stuff, I think it already sort of feels like a musical, but just without music. It's sort of yes. like how like Scott Pilgrim is too. It sort of like feels sure. like a... There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that like feels like musicals without being musicals, and I. Think... I love I love the impulse to go to Rat Race and not to go to It's a Mad 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 yeah, World. No, no Rat, Rat Race, Race only. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. Um, no, I think that's, those are both great answers, Marty. Now, Sophie, I looked it up. What the fuck is the Court Jester? Now, and I'll and I'll say I did look it up. It seems to be from the directors of White Christmas, and it stars my namesake Danny Kay. Yes. Yes. 
Um, the court jester is your namesake. <laughs> the court jester is a movie that one of the was... greatest films of all time. One of the greatest films of all time. I just looked it up. It's, uh, 1955. Oh, um, 55. Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's. I think it's truly one of the greatest movies of all time. I um, I don't know if you're familiar with a. Uh, Brett Goldstein's podcast where he asks people like, sure, what are yes. their, like films to be buried with yes films to be buried with you know not that Brett Goldstein needs a plug but um Brett but Goldstein asks, is the is the more conventionally attractive version of me he's British he's Jewish he likes Muppets <laughs> um, he likes classic films um he is my arch nemesis and I love him uh, but anyway <laughs> but when he asks like his last question of like what's the movie that you'd want to show everyone in heaven when it was like your movie night wow court Court Jester is mine, and I think my my siblings might might also agree. It's a movie we grew up with. It is a it's a it's a Danny Kaye star vehicle, also starring Basil Rathbone, also starring twenty one year old Angela Lansbury, also starring wow nineteen year old Glynis John. Like wow, an absolute like it's a it's like a good time. Yeah, it's like a it. It's it's a it is a true like what what in the fifties would be called like a comedy. It's like a, a sure. sort of it's like sure. a medieval castle romp madcap comedy farce with like great. It's not a musical, but it has great music. It's but not it an music, action songs, film, but it yeah. has amazing sword fights that were that are like sort of Errol Flynn esque sword fights. There's like really funny patter and like crazy visual gags and jokes and where they're playing with like how they speed up films and do stuff. It was like it was like a great Technicolor adventure comedy, and it just still holds up and still to this day is like a, a absolute like laugh riot. It's so so funny, and it's just like a brilliant performance from Danny Kaye. It really does still hold up, and I think it's it's truly one of my life goals to introduce as many yeah. people to the court jester as possible. Like we make jokes about it and you be the guy we do all these things. And we watched it last year on my birthday. And I true, my heart was pounding thinking like, Oh no, like what if I am misremembering this movie? Like what if it's not funny? What if it's super sexist? What if it's racist? Like all these things. I was like, what did I miss? What did I miss? It's brilliant. Yeah, It's right. brilliant. Awesome. And it holds up. It all it needs, all it delight. needs, all it needs is songs. All it needs is to sing on the stage. Yeah. Yeah, it, it has, has a couple. A couple cute, it has a couple sweet songs, but it needs some like real. It needs some real songs. Yeah, we should yeah. do it. It's got to be in like public domain soon, right? It's been like seventy years. It's that's, been a long time. We've been doing research mm, on that for a, a long while. We have to. It's from fifty-five. It's yeah, we're only up to. Yeah, I think you got another twenty, yeah, thirty yeah. years. We're only up to like twenty-six, twenty-seven in yeah. like. That's year, fine. Like, we'll write the music in the meantime, and then yeah. we'll, there you go. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait a good thirty yeah. years, and then we'll be good. We'll uh, do our own musical called the. The King's Joker. The King's Joker. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, it'll just be um, called Jester, and it's a gritty remake. Yeah. There you go. There it there is. There you go. That's the trick. I have nothing else to add on to that. Sophie, Marty, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, do you all have anything that you would like to plug to our uh, lovely listeners today? Sophie has a great show that she should talk about. Yeah, we do a show. My uh, uh, best buddy and I um, and her partner, we do a show together called You Be The Guy. You can find us um, on 
Instagram. That is our main place that we hang out. We do have a TikTok, but neither of us know how to use it. So if anybody Why would you? help us out Who with that. Um, yeah, we are at You Be The Guy, and we are a call ourselves a modern cabaret, which sounds fancier than it is. We uh, arrange a lot of music. We sing great songs. We uh, we banter. We have a nice time. So, yeah. Follow it's us great there. Term. It's I've fun. I, I worked your tech once. That was really many nice of you. Yeah. iterations of it, and it's a <laughs> great show with... with great selections of music performed really beautifully and i would highly recommend you Mm -hmm. check them out thank you um Uh, what do i do i don't know i used to perform in new york a lot and i still do occasionally if you're ever in new york i uh i do musical improv with a team called good catch so we improvise a full musical uh, about once a month where you're starting to do that again now as as things are hopefully starting to get back into uh, performing times. Uh, if you like this kind of conversation, I do have to talk about my podcast for a second, which is Please. In, it's, we, we did a, a, we did a season of it. It's, it's been on a bit of a hiatus since the pandemic, but if, uh, you're familiar with the TV show smash, sure. I had a podcast oh, yeah. called smash bros where I was watching it for the first time. And my <laughs> friend Jimmy was rewatching it and we would just discuss it every week. And we discuss it with, um, comedians, actors, writers in New York. Uh, we had one of the writers of the show on at one point, uh, I'm, oh, wow. I'm trying to get Brian Darcy James on so that I can just finally let him sing the song that I wrote for him called The Song I Never Sang, uh, <laughs> which is a cabaret piece that I really would like him to sing. He's also great Very as good. a non-singing role of Officer Krupke in um, really West Side Story. So that's my Brian, if you're listening, please help Molly out. Brian Darcy James sing. But yeah, I occasionally also post some <laughs> jokes and things on Twitter, and that is at M-C-S-C-A-N, M-C-Scan. Heck yeah. Um, thank you for being here. We'll have we'll have you all on again. Y'all are a This was so much fun. Thank this you was so a blast. Great. Um, got some end tags, and then we'll just roll this thing out. So I want to thank Bran Moorhead for producing and editing the show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MovieTheMusical. And if you want to support the podcast, get some sweet bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash moviethemusical, consider becoming a monthly member, and listen to us uh, talk about musicals that have been adapted into movies, talk about uh, Brand Moorhead's upcoming uh, historical mini-podcast. Does it have a name yet? Nope. It will by the time it's up there. Um... <laughs> That's, Everything's that's, taken already, folks. Uh, <laughs> Every title you can imagine is already being used by some other podcast. Well, subscribe to us on Patreon, and maybe you'll find out what the title ends up being. That's our show. Keep on singing. And remember, nothing's worse crap than a little white Polish boy from Jersey talking rap.